What's up, everybody? Thanks for pressing play today. In today's episode of Nerd Nostalgia, you're going to catch Brian, Trey, and myself, Irvin, chatting about the hidden level. Now, what is the hidden level? Basically, we discuss a few different topics, kind of like nerd news, but we take a deeper dive into it. We find that extra hidden level. In this episode, you'll catch us talking about Star Wars, Taika Waititi, Irvin Trey and Brian's dream scenario about what the story and overall plot should be. We're going to discuss video games and remastering them and having our choice as far as what we would like to see a video game remastered and how we want it remastered. And then finally, we're going to talk about live action anime adaptations and what we want to see, including our choice for actors and overall our wish list. All right, guys, you know the drill. Before we get started, here's a quick clip for you to enjoy. Here are the things that I remember from GoldenEye. The Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. So really, really interesting, yeah. really cool weapons. I remember screen cheating the fuck out of that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember really interesting levels. Good evening, morning, or afternoon, whenever you guys are catching this podcast. You got the Nerd Nostalgia crew coming in in your earbuds. We got Irvin. Say hello. Hola, mis amigos. Trey. Hi. And I'm Brian. This is day 48 under the dome. We are coming to you remotely. I'm looking at these two handsome gentlemen's beautiful faces. They're both handsome and beautiful through Zoom. And we're here to talk to you tonight about, this is going to be the, what, what do you call this, surprise round, bonus round, this is the... Uh, the hidden s- level. Su- this is the hidden level, there you go, I like it, I like it, That's the, well, this is going to be the hidden, hidden level, this is the Easter egg episode, coming to you on whatever day, It's this is May the 4th be with you, so... Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's within short time of May the 4th. No pressure, Irvin. No pressure, Irvin. Get this shit up there. <laughs> Editing is super easy. All you have to do is take our great words and <laughs> pop them yeah. up there. It, I mean, no, no editing needed. Just, yeah. just throw it up there. Yeah, yeah. This is all. This is all coming to you super raw. Hmm. No pause. It. No pause. It. Ever. Fuck you. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so yeah, ex, ex, who's who's throwing up the excited first excited for this? I thought I thought you. This was your uh, your idea. Brian, let's uh, you kick it off, and then we'll uh, round robin it. Well, actually, let's explain it what we're doing to everybody, since this is the Easter egg thing. Instead of having them figure it out, right? This is, after all, an auditorial learning experience. Because nobody explained this to me yet, so this would be nice. (laughs) Oh, okay. So here, audience, you're going to get to find out what we're doing today at the same speed that Trey is. So what I thought we would do is. I'm gonna pitch a topic, and you're gonna to get to find out what that topic you're is. Pitch a tent. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, a topic. Tent. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna pitch a topic, and I'm gonna have Irvin and Trey respond to it. Give me their their little feedback. Give me their idea. Give me their their little bits of genius to come out, and then it's gonna be up to them to come up with some other interesting topic or idea or little rift to go on and and we'll go around that way so here's here's what i can tell you guys i just read on facebook and this could be 100 percent a lie but i just read on facebook that they found the new director for the next star wars movies i see trey's nodding I, he obviously yeah. has heard this before i've seen that and hey what's that i seen it you seen it he seen it guys i seen that article so according to dubious facebook post the, hey, 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 they're thought, casting thought, uh uh gamer 969 is fucking he's 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 yelling at me again that's oh, my corg impression listen here you little anyway, bastard that was a terrible corg impression <laughs> that's bad. it should always be like this hi my name is Korg. i'm made of rocks made of rocks there you go that's pretty I'm good kind of i'm made of rocks i'm kind of the leader here that was pretty good didn't print enough pamphlets hey do you want to be part of my revolution so, we've got Taika Waititi, director of such films as Shark vs. Eagle, films such as 
Hunt for the Wilder People, I want to say. I think that was the name of the movie. That was the same same kid from Deadpool 2 was in that. Director of Jojo Rabbit and an indie flick that you may have heard of called Thor Ragnarok is now being cast to be the Star Wars darling, the sweetheart of the new Star Wars series. So that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is if you guys had to pitch the the story, the arc, the what the next Star Wars movie or trilogy would be about, what would you what would you make it about? And we're gonna go I'm gonna start with Irvin because I don't want him to steal Trey's much better ideas. <laughs> First of all, suck my ass. No, uh you gotta go with the fucking the old republic. And so I'm not talking about they're they're doing the High Republic right. I think that's gonna be fuck. I can't remember how many years. I think it's like 400 years or 500 years ago. So Yoda's the only character that's still gonna be around. Like that's they already have uh, actors for that. They already have uh, a general plot, and they're basically gonna be Walker fucking Texas Rangers. Just Texas Rangers essentially. That's how the Jedi's are. And so I think they need to go. Old school, old school, like at least 2,000 years before. Like, I want to see the Sith in their all might, like before the rule of two. I want to see the fucking Old Republic, see what that was like. That's what I would love to see. And I want to say that one of the better story arcs from the games is from the the Old Republic video game. All right, Irvin, doing the Old Republic and maybe either some Easter eggs from the Kotar games or something that it's kind of related to. I like that. I like that. All right, Trey, what are you what are you going with? What's your, what's your pitch to Disney for the next Star Wars trilogy? I mean, I think I think that that's probably my go-to is I want to see So I think it, like like you said 2000 years like full on battle between the Jedi and the Sith when like those are like two major armies, right? But I think it would actually be kind of cool and uh, I saw that Avatar The Last Airbender is coming to Netflix on May 15th, and that's definitely going to be a rewatch. But what that reminds me of is that in the second go-around, so Legend of Korra stuff, they went back to the genesis of the Avatar. And now it was just a snippet. Like, it was just the like a maybe one episode out of however many episodes there were in that series, but they went back to where, how the avatar was originated and i think that that would also be kind of a cool thing for them to do it's like okay battle raging two thousand years ago the might of the jedi and the might of the sith you know basically whisking everyone up into be these pawns but then also bring it back to even further on how the jedi and the sith were developed was it like a religious order was it you know and then how how did that initial like schism start so like almost like an uh, an origin of the origins right that would be super cool because i think that it's it's neat that george lucas brought us into this universe with you know the jedi are and i'm talking like a new hope the jedi are you know a fallen thing fallen order they're you know pretty much extinct the sith are have already been extinct even going back to episode one two and three you know the the rule of two or whatever that Irvin was talking about but it's like i want to see more jedi stuff because that's what everybody watches star wars for let's 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 be honest that's that's what everybody watches it for now don't get me wrong things like the mandalorian and those spinoffs and things like that those are awesome and still within the universe and have zero jedi but it's like i need my fix bro you know we've only seen outside of like the cartoon shows and everything like that a handful of jedi um since the prequel trilogy well well they did just cast uh old rosario dawson as ahsoka tano so i'm curious how much jedi we're gonna get this uh season two well, it's going to be more because we haven't seen any. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but I liked, and correct me if I'm wrong, when, oh, that was in uh, Rogue One where they had the Temple Guardians. Like, he was not a Jedi wielder, but the blind guy that had, like, the staff. Like, some story there. I mean, because there's, there, I mean, there, there's definitely religious elements you know, a Jedi Order is a religious order, right? And so it's like kind of understanding how that was developed. Just basically delving more into the how this came to be. Is hey, kind of hey Brian, I'm. remind me who that actor was. Was it Jet Li or Jackie Chan? <laughs> 
you're probably referring to an earlier episode that I simply do not remember because of how much rum that I have. So m- maybe that's an inside joke, but I simply do not remember. That's fair. I remember everything. No, I don't. Well, again, Trey, thank you for that. I appreciate it. That was that was good. I like it. Here's you guys ready for mine? Mm-hmm. I've said this before. I've gone on record. I've said it. What made Star Wars, the original trilogy, so special was that it took all these weird, different ideas, weird, different, almost genres, right? It had Western. It had sci-fi. It had the inspiration from Akira Kurosawa. So Taika Waititi directed all day long. That sounds fantastic. Quentin Tarantino is going to write it. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the following genres and we're going to moosh them together into a pretty weird story. I'm kind of thinking something like black exploitation or something like that, like a kind of a a 1970s exploitative kind of something. So you've got a really distinct flavor, like a, it's like a really cultural flavor. Then you're going to take I want to do like a 1980s kind of a National Lampoon kind of some of the, I want a lot of the characters or some of the main characters to basically be the college fuck offs, the people who are pranksters, the basically the, the guys that are going around just trying to make it and just trying to just get through life. And so those those are going to be part of the story. And the third inspiration I want just because I think it needs a little edge to it, a little little darkness, a little grit to make it appealing to more of the, the Star Wars fans that want the Sith Lord is you'll you'll bring in some of that 1920s, 30s noir, right? So you're going to have those three inspirations, those three directorial styles, along with Quentin Tarantino's very distinct voice. I don't want him writing the dialogue so much as, as giving the kind of the, the world building to it, this kind of world. So I'm not going to set it in the Old Republic. I'm not going to set it. So it's not going to be as far back as you guys, but I would go back maybe 200 years, maybe less. And what I want to focus on is something that may be in the expanded universe. I don't know, but the story would almost be about why it is that droids are suddenly second class citizens. Why it is, you know, and again, it's that throwaway line in episode four where their kind aren't allowed in here. And everyone just shits on droids. And it's it's no thing to just wipe out a droid's memory and get rid of it. And so if you want to go with a, a good versus evil or a Star Wars theme, the, the, the story is about a really advanced artificial intelligence that is fighting off the, the free peoples of Middle Earth or the galaxy or whatever you want to call it. And that's not even necessarily the main... That, that could almost be the, the background to whatever the story's about, but I think that would be an interesting idea to explore. It's not going to be the classic Sith versus Jedi. It's not like that. That will all be sort of in the background, but I think it'd be interesting to explore what, what is it like to just be a bunch of, of smugglers or no goods or guys that are just trying to make it in this crazy universe where you've got robots that are trying to exterminate. Or then again, it doesn't even have to be a, a life versus death scenario. It could just be a thing where the the droids want to have a peaceful world of their own and the Republic cannot, for whatever reason, accept that. And so you've got these issues of social commentary. You've got the chance to do the the kind of black exploitation where you've got these these second class citizen droids who are prejudiced against. And there's a lot more depth of character to them, to a, a character like 3PO or R2. And you can explore that in it. And they don't necessarily have to be the main characters, but that would almost be more interesting, right? That you've got these very amazing droid characters who are just utterly shit on. And eventually you see that instead of things getting better for them, instead of things becoming more hopeful, you realize that their future is ultimately going to be one where the the galaxy still struggles with that kind of, again, the shadow of, of that organic prejudice. So that's my spec script for episodes whatever taika give me a call we'll, we'll talk oh i just took a I, I just took a look on what the official stance of droid sentience in the star wars universe is and they are 
sentient. And, which is something that kind of, I had kind of forgot about, was the droid torture area on Jabba's ship where the droids are meant to feel, or like made to feel pain. And like 3PO starts freaking out because obviously these droids are being tortured. And I'm like, and I'm just seeing all of this talk about it. This is like a, a real deep, deep rabbit hole to jump down. <laughs> and I mean, I, I think as I, it has been, well, I mean, you go back Philip K. Dick's writings and everything like that, you know, do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep and... So the basis of iRobot and, and uh, Bicentennial Man and all that kind of stuff, like that's a definite can of worms to open and a whole lot of things to do. So who's the big baddie in this? What is this? What is the struggle? That's my question. So I think the whole idea of Star, a Star Wars story being around the struggle between artificial intelligence and the Republic or organic life or even their foothold in it. And again, think about all the ways that you've seen artificial intelligence, whether it's the, the droid army or R2-D2 or, and 3PO. 3PO, who gets his brain wiped three different times in that story. Or is it two? Is it just two? Whatever. Who, does, who cares? So you can either go the, the, the obvious, it's the Terminator, it's the Matrix, where you've got this big, bad AI that's trying to take over and wipe out or, all organics. Or again, even the, the Matrix, where the mechanicals only really wanted equal footing with humanity, and they were not accepting that. Or you could do the Mass Effect version, which is... There was a natural cycle where organics, and it's kind of the same thing as as Mass Effect and Battlestar Galactica, where the the biologicals necessarily want to depend upon mechanicals, and then it creates this cycle of superiority and then fear and and prejudicing them and things like that. There's probably another way to explore it. Like again, I couldn't think of, of I can't think right now of of what what different way you could kind of mesh with those those ideas but i think that that would just be an interesting idea to explore and so rather than there be a big bad where it's it's mr corporation wants to turn all the robots into to cars or the the big bad skynet wants to kill all the the organics find a a more like a deeper conflict something that's that's more so Riddle me this and, and, and go along this journey with me. So the clone army that's introduced in the original trilogy. So let's space this back, let's say 100 years or so, mm-hmm. from the Clone Wars. Some of you will say 100 years. And the Jedi that ordered the clone army for the Republic was Jedi... Sifo-Dyas, sifo something like that. And it's said that, you know, Obi-Wan's the one that brings it up. And he says, oh, well, Jedi, Jedi Master sifo has been dead for a really long time. What if the creation of that clone army that, that Sidious ends up finding out about and uses it to his advantage, right? What if that, the, the Sith was the creation of an artificial intelligence that was under the guise of, like, a droid resistance, right? And the knee-jerk reaction by the Jedi Order is to order a clone army in order for them to fight with actual biological beings against this created artificial intelligent race and so then it's of course warped but it's it's the means to an end into a larger and so it kind of draws it back into the the skywalker saga but it predates all of it i think you could do that and that would be if if the inclination was to to try and draw this series in with the the existing canon i'd almost rather it be completely divorced where it's you're seeing the ripples of a historic conflict rather than this beat by beat. Here's, here's where Han Solo got his jacket kind of explanation. And again, I I don't think there's necessarily, it's, it's not a moral judgment, but I would, I would almost free it entirely from its dependence because you you think about the, the worst things of the prequel trilogy. It was, it was the slavishness to trying to get to where it was going and so I'd rather I'd rather it just be like a weird corner of the galaxy that that 
doesn't necessarily have to lead to so maybe not even republic or senate or galactic it could line. be outer rim yeah, yeah. just it could be... way out in the so wild west dish theme kind of on the frontier like this is yeah, it, it... this is what's developed this one-off blip in the history of the wars yeah, and, and you know, if if it was outer rim, and you really wanted to push on that noir element, you could make it like a murder mystery, and you, you know, the, the the big bad is is ultimately something. You know, there, there's obviously some corporate interest, or there's some some bigger conspiracy behind it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be it's the Sith or it's the Jedi, you know, right. you, you could figure out something kind of just, you know, maybe, maybe what the huts were trying to do, you know, like the hut, like some, some crime organization just wanted to make an extra buck. They bumped off a droid and that sparked something bigger. As weird as the original star Wars is, that's kind of what I want to go back to is, is the weirdness, the mishmash of these, these different genres and to take, to take it away from, the the slavishness like i said to to the the canon and just just create something completely new and random cuz again think of how how adept taika would be at at directing something like that and how good quentin tarantino would be at writing the the world that that's set in with all those different ideas i think that's what's making the mandalorian so popular right now is exactly that thought process is that there is nothing that's tying it down to i mean there is like a little bit, you know, like the dark saber and baby Yoda and, you know, the, the thought process that, that Jedi's and the force does exist. Right. Obviously it's within those bounds, but there is nothing that's, Oh, it's gotta be directly tied into the Skywalker saga and things of that nature. So even though it's set in that time frame, but something that's cool and, and going that kind of going off that point is as, a, as a star Wars fan watching like the Mandalorian, you're looking and grasping it everything to try and tie it back into the things that you're that you're nostalgic for right that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you grew up watching and so you're like oh well she was a stormtrooper i know what a stormtrooper was oh there's a there's a star destroyer crash there and they got to go and grab these components or whatever i remember star destroyers and oh that looks like yoda and and things like that so it's like you're just always grasping at that so like yeah i think it may even be Instead of directly tying it in, like I was like I was saying, it's just like you drop those subtle hints, clues, Easter mm-hmm. eggs, as you were, um, in there to keep people grounded in the universe, but not directly related to it. I think that's pretty cool. That's a good idea. So, Watiti, listen to us. Just go crazy. Go out there. Explore the Outer Rim. Blow up a Death Star. I mean, whatever. You just do get you. it, man. Just get you, it. You do you. And make it funny. Make yeah. it funny. I think I think Tyke is going to do a perfectly fine job at that. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Irvin, you you started us off, so I guess Trey, you want to you you got a topic you want to throw at well, us? Well, I figured we'd stick with the the May the Fourth. May the Fourth be with you, and uh, we'll go another Star Wars topic because this is one that's near and dear to my heart. It it may have already released, and but I can't. I'll have to look. But Star Wars Episode One. There was only really one good thing that came out of this. And that was Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer for the Nintendo 64. <laughs> and that game has now been ported to the PlayStation 4 and the Switch. They've, no they've shit. remastered it and brought it to the PS4 and to the Nintendo Switch. And so, yeah, that, I mean, countless, countless hours of playing that game you know it was just it was a racing game which our diamond doesn't nowadays i mean or have always really been i mean racing games is a genre and has been a genre of video games for forever but it was fun it tied it into the star wars universe um it was entertaining you got and it had for the n64 it had so many one it had so many tracks so many different races in it and it had like these places one that you had maybe heard of only from star wars like just you know just hearing the dialogue and stuff like that and mentioning um but it also had places like tatooine and things like that where you actually saw anakin racing his and of course his pod racer the with the yellow flaps and everything was in there um but then it had like sebulba 
and then I mean you could unlock I can't remember how many characters it was a bunch I mean it was it was it was over 10 you know probably less than 30 but somewhere around that that number with just as many courses of all of these different levels and things like that that you unlocked over time and for the Nintendo 60 Nintendo 64 that was like really cool and a lot of fun and so shit they may uh, let me see I gotta look it up because it's gonna bug me Star Wars Episode One Racer coming to PS4 Switch in May, May the twelfth. I uh, know what I'm getting Trey for his birthday. Boom! You yeah. old, you old. Uh, fuck. So May the twelfth, uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer will be released, re-released for Nintendo Switch and PlayStation Four on May the twelfth. The official Star Wars website revealed on Thursday, the beloved Nintendo 64 and PC game released alongside Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace in 1999 will feature updated controls, according to developer asper that's super cool and that's something that so that would that article that i'm looking at was released a couple of weeks ago on the 16th of april and like that was something i i texted my brother about it because it was one of those games that we've just played and played and played and played and played and played and played, and played you know it's it, and it's it, it's a i mean a racing genre is just one of those things that you can just play and play and play and continue to play yeah just like a head-to-head fighting game that's kind of cool and like I said, probably the only good thing that's come out of Star Wars Episode One in 1999. Qui Gon Jin, how dare you! <laughs> All right, Irvin. So that I, well, I guess. What are your thoughts? We didn't go into that. There's not much to say because it's just fucking awesome. Yeah, so. I'm just like, um, sweet. Yeah, that May 12th is <laughs> coming out. I'm gonna give it a go because it's gonna be at your house and Brian's gonna buy it for you. So there you uh, go. Yeah. Brian, what are, what are your thoughts? I played that game one time. No. Probably at my house. <laughs> I was at the... I was at... I was either a Macy's or Dillard's. And for some reason, they had a setup for a Nintendo 64, and that was the game that was loaded. And so I walked over, and I tried playing it, and I sucked, and then I walked away. And that was my experience with 1999's Nintendo 64 Pod Racer. <laughs> so I don't have as yeah, nostalgic a feeling as, as Trey does. And that's fine. That's that's what we're here for. That's exactly what we're here for. Do y'all not remember, because um, you you're, you were kind of talking about the, uh, the setup in Macy's. Do y'all not remember at McDonald's? Like, peak McDonald's was them having, like, oh. Nintendo 64 stations inside the McDonald's. They should never have gone Where away. It had, yeah, it was on that It was on that flexible arm, and you yep. had to stand up and play it, and everything was behind plexiglass, so that way you couldn't fuck with it. Yep. And I mean, like, Best Buy and, like, Circuit City and places like that had... And I they, shit, they may still do it. I don't know when's the last time you went it's to been, a Best Buy. It's been though. a decade. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, no, it's not, because it's, I bought the Switch there. So, okay... Trey, I'm going to take your your brilliant seed of an idea, and I'm going to I'm going to work with it. I'm going to work with it. So you're excited for the re-release of Pod Racer, right? Mm-hmm. And this same year, do you guys know what came out within the last I want to say like 30 days? Also on the PS4, the remastering of Final Fantasy VII, which came out in '97. This yes. is this is a beautiful time yes. for re-releases of classic, and by classic I mean twenty-something-year-old games. So, Irvin, what what old-school classic game would you love? 007 in a battle royale format. You want to see 007 battle royale? Oh my fucking god! People would lose their minds over that. Yeah, I, 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 I get behind that. I, I, All right, well, okay. I let's let's back up though. Vote. When's the last time either of you played 007? Because that Goldeneye. Okay, when's the last time y'all played Goldeneye? Yeah, 1999 probably. Since I owned a yeah, like when I owned a Nintendo 64, yeah. which is easily the I would say the early 2000s. So I've played it within the last five or ten years, and guys, it does not hold up. It is an unplayable be- game. Oh. So, Irvin, <laughs> just be. All you gotta do is be odd job, and then you win. For sure, for sure. Irvin, here's my question. You're, you are making GoldenEye for a Battle Royale platform. What, what do you keep and what do you throw away? So what do you, like, what, 
how is it distinctly GoldenEye, and what do you improve? What do you upgrade? Obviously, you just make the characters the same, and then, I don't know. That's that's such a, it's two different things, right? Gold, GoldenEye is what's essentially the original Battle Royale, right? I would say, I mean, uh, GoldenEye is the the first multiplayer, first-person shooter that really took off now and i'm not and i'm not throwing any shade like at, at like the dooms and any mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff uh that came before it but it was on a console and the controls for the time were really mm-hmm. good um i mean in the levels there was multiple levels again you know that's a that was a big thing with like the racer thing but also like having multiple levels to play it had a um, story mode, but who the fuck played that? Yeah, uh, I did. I got myself it. some double O ah. status, bitches. I, but I'm saying, like, yeah, you played it because it was there. But then, like, the first thing that you want to do though is just have other people over and spend the hundred and twenty dollars on three more controllers or however much it was back then, and have your Game Shark and your Rumble Pack, and you know, so the controller ended up weighing a ton. But yeah, I mean. That was that was like the I don't want to say it's the first of its kind, but it was the first like real foray into the multiplayer first person shooter genre, and it's definitely definitely worth a, a relook or a remaster in my opinion. But like Brian said, like what do you change? I mean, obviously you update graphics and you update controls and things of that nature to to fit modern play styles. But then you like do you only keep those original uh, players or, or or characters, or do you like open it up to? I think you put all the bonds, all the different Bond girls in there, so it's not just the yeah. the, the Goldeneye ones. But you've got you can literally be Sean Connery, Daniel Craig. You can be easy choice. Yeah, so you you can do you can do all the different Bonds. You can do all the mm. different you, shit. If you could even do the the parody casino royale where you play as woody allen that would be hilarious go all go all in and then and then allow like mods to hell like just be able to like you know with the where they have the inflatable head and then the paintball mod and like all of that different stuff like all all of the things that like modern first person shooters have taught us and and that people really dig on first person shooters are not like that's not my forte that's not what i go after whenever i'm going and looking for a new video game but like there's been a lot of advancements and there's Irvin can more attest to this than 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 i can about what makes a good first person shooter you know such as the call of duties and things like that that are that are bigger today but um yeah you give all of those abilities but then hey don't make a shitty storyline. Yeah. Like, make a cool playthrough, like, I don't want to say, like, Metal Gear Solid level, but why not? Yeah. Go something like, you know, the espionage tactics of, like, Metal Gear Solid where you, but you get to play, do you want to play the Sean Connery version of uh, 007 or do you want to play the Daniel Craig way? You know, do you just want to go in there and start kicking some ass and beating some people up and doing parkour, or do you want to like think about it and, and employ gadgets and shit? Like that's two different, you know, that's two different ways to play, in my opinion. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd and be Sean cool, Connor, like a like way, a for the record. or if they did like a like a open world concept, or like you know, if you talk to person A, then you know the story goes left, but if you fucking beat up person A, then the story's gonna go right. So I think that would be cool, especially in that espionage kind of mentality that you're talking about. So like it, so like Hitman. Yeah, it, it almost sounds like you're describing less of a battle royale Goldeneye. No, and no, more no. But that, a, having that ability, what I'm, what we're saying is, is that double duty it, like where there's an actual like bad, like like the, almost like Grand Theft Auto. There's a storyline to play, but then there's also the online yeah. it, it, that you can go and play. The what other. if it was more like a not 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 like the jumping from tall buildings thing? But like an Arkham Asylum Goldeneye, where you've got this big open city, and you can do all kinds of crazy James Bond shit there. How cool would that be? But it's Goldeneye. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Dope. 
But it, but still, battle royale though, because battle royale is life now. Because, yeah, no, that's that. That'd, because, be, that'd be the multiplayer aspect. Is yeah. you you don't. I right. mean, you. Oh, okay. Here's okay. So here are the things that I remember from Goldeneye. The Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. So really, really interesting, yeah. really cool weapons. I remember screen cheating the fuck out of that game. Yeah. And I remember really interesting levels. So. Do, do you keep the same levels? Do you keep the screen cheating somehow? How do you... To me, screen cheating is part of GoldenEye. So you could you could totally do like a perk or something that you pick up where you screen cheat. And so you would see in the corner where the, where the other enemy is at or something. Or like what they're seeing for 10 seconds or something like that. Like that could be a kill streak or something along those lines. That's cool. Interesting. So yeah, call in your UAV. Exactly. And it's screen screen cheating. Yeah, yeah. Calling um, your bitch ass screen cheating bullshit. But I mean, unique weapons. Yeah, I mean, you got to have the golden gun in there, and you got to have. But like, again, you have you know like for like a Call of Duty or whatever, you can lay like claymores and proximity mines and different things like that. But you have that ability. But they're like cool, like things you pull off your watch and you stick it on the wall, and if somebody walks by, it blows up and like or concusses them or light grenades or stuff like that so it's like you have those things those moder those fixes to, you know little switches on the abilities that we know that james bond has always had and then but giving you the ability to do it in the game because I, I don't remember i mean i i guess you could throw grenades i think i remember you being able to throw grenades yeah they, they had grenades they had proximity mines they had remote mines and the pro- the remote ones were the ones that you actually activated with your your watch. I think they had a a watch laser. All right. That rounds us off for the tray round. And now we're coming up on the third, the finale, the end game. Irvin. Huh. What do you want to talk? What do you want to talk about, Irvin? I have something for you guys. Something that I'm going to throw a curveball because I told Brian hints of what it would be. But I've, I'm pivoting now, and I'm going to pivot hard. Pivot. Live action One Punch Man is on the way from the writers of Venom. All right. Who is producing it? Is it Japanese or is it American? That's a good question. I just saw, I just saw it uh, pop up, and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I wasn't even aware about that. And I just finished watching season two. And Trey, you'll be proud of me. No, in you did. Sub, swear to God. What? I know. I was. Uh, Can't believe it. So the roommate, we were we were downstairs, and the roommate was like, "Oh, let's you know, can we find One Punch Man?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I'm sure we can find." You it. got a girl like, to watch this show? Yeah. Well, she watches it by herself. It's not. Who does that? that? Yeah, I know. I guess that's cool. Who right? does that? What? what? And, um, anyways, so she was like, yeah, let's, let's watch uh, one punch man season two. I was like, I don't think there's an English version. Like we don't have that available. But then I saw on Hulu that the sub version was there. I was like the subs there. She's like, okay, yes. Cause that's how Italians talk. Um, she's like, okay, let, let's, let's watch it. Even I was like, okay, sounds good. Prego. And so, so yeah, so we started watching it and she literally goes, no, it's too fast for me. Like I can't keep up with it. But I was already a full episode in. I was like, "Well, I'm not just gonna stop. I'm like Trey. I'm gonna I'm gonna complete this You're shit, hooked, you know." Yeah. And so I watched it. Absolutely loved it. Um, and even though I was reading it, it was taken away from it a little bit. It wasn't as bad as uh, as I remembered it being back in the day. And that could be just because I've gotten used to the habit of putting subtitles because of Trey on what I watch now. And so, so yeah. So One Punch Man season two, super solid. Highly recommend it. But yeah, uh, live action, dude. Sony's uh, is it's gonna they're, they're gonna do the adaptation. The writers of Venom, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and the Next Level. That's who's gonna be writing it. Uh, what do y'all what do y'all think about that? And so I already know what my next question will be. That that's gonna pivot from this. But I want to know just y'all's kind of thoughts on on a live action. Yeah, I mean, I know what your next question is going to be, but um no, that's cool, but you know, they they did a live action Dragon Ball 
So mm-hmm. time will tell. Yep. They did a live action Avatar: The Last Airbender too. Time will tell. Oh God, yeah. They're doing a they're, they're redoing a Netflix show about that. Did you know they're doing a they a live action TV. Netflix? Yep. Uh, I mean, it shouldn't have been a movie anyway. No. So I mean, that's that's a step in the right direction. And the people that uh, created the show, DiMartino, something DiMartino, and yeah, yeah, they're 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 heading. The TV series, so it's like okay, there's hope. There, yeah, there's more hope. No, no offense to M Night Shyamalan, but it was yeah, not a good movie. Some offense, watch <laughs> some offense. So Brian, how do you feel? I, okay, so I, I think the Avatar movie, the Dragon Ball Evolution movie, the reason why, well, a lot of reasons, but some of the reasons why those failed was because they took what was essentially a 26 episode arc. Whether it was the Pilaf saga, whether it was Pilaf slash King Piccolo bullshit, and that's like 52 episodes, but they try to like moosh that all into a two and a half, 90 minute blob. And I compare that to something like the Carl Urban 2012, what year would that come out? Dread movie? Mm-hmm. When did that movie come out? Uh,. That sounds about right. Doesn't know. I twenty twelve. Twelve. Oh, did I say twelve? Irvin. Twelve. Among among other things. Go back and edit it so I only I confidently said it was a two thousand and twelve dread. Okay. Absolutely not. So I think that movie was a better movie than all the other crap because again I don't think it did well financially. But I think what made that a good movie was that it wasn't. It wasn't trying to tell you the entire Judge Dredd story. It was telling right. you one day in the life of Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I would worry is that the the writers are given 26 episodes, 13 seasons, or however many, however many episodes or seasons or whatever exist out there by the time that they get to writing it. And they say, well, we need to condense this whole canon into one two-hour movie. And instead of doing that, just sit down and say... What's the most perfect single Saitama story to tell? Oh, man. And not an origin story, not a here's how he became One Punch Man, because that's literally the opposite of the point of that show. Just just say, hey, we've got the most powerful man in the world. He's got a sidekick whose name is Genos, and he's tasked with fighting five bad guys. And sometimes he dreams about losing battles and figure out a way to tell maybe like maybe don't do a day maybe do a week where it's it's him trying to figure out how to pay rent and how to bargain shop and oh by the way stop a global threatening monster crisis and he's shit on by the heroes association so tell tell like seven days of his life in the movie rather than try to tell the entire arc of his life. That's yeah. how I, that would be what I think could make it a good movie. Right. I like that. No, I agree. I yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I and I think that One Punch Man even just like say just the first season lends itself well to that because from a storytelling standpoint it lends itself well to that. But I think that half of what makes that show so great is the pacing and that it is paced there's, you know, it's a, it's a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers kind of style of episode. You know, mm-hmm. bad guys introduced. Saitama's running around buying groceries, making soup. Uh, Genos is asking him to help train him and everything like that. It finally comes to his attention about three quarters of the way through the episode. Other superheroes have been beat because they're worthless. And then he comes in and he does the one punch and, and then he dies. But it's that pacing and the comedy aspect of it that makes it such a funny show, and such a like. And I think that's why it's done as well as it has. That's hard to do in a movie when you have not you know twenty one minutes, but you have ninety one minutes. Yeah. And to pace it that way, and almost you have to compare it to Godzilla because uh, two thousand and. 14 Godzilla? When did, when? Oh, oh, yeah, I don't count that one, but okay. Well, but okay, that movie is kind of the entire, that's the perfect description of what the One Punch Man movie should be like. And I, you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but, but One Punch Man cannot be him constantly 
showing up and beating stuff up. It's got to be him doing the humdrum bullshit, him boring the hell out of you. It's I mean it's gotta be right. it's gotta be two things. It's gotta be the story about Saitama, which is boring as shit. And then you occasionally get it punctuated with here is this incredibly tragic backstory for the villain. I wanted to to end pollution or I wanted to take over the world and here's my explanation to why. And then he literally shows up in the last 10 minutes is like, fuck you. I'm way too strong, which is again, I think if you took the, the, the plot of Godzilla and then just map that onto one punch man, that, that probably needs to be how that movie works for it to be successful because the, the sequel, what is it called? King of the monsters mm-hmm. that, that just came out a couple of years ago, or a yeah. year or two ago. That gave a lot yeah. more fan service, but it also wasn't very good because it was just, here's Godzilla shooting more radioactive breath. It needs to be just the very end of the movie is, is Saitama punching the fuck out of something. Right. It's the, it's the build, 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 yeah. build, 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 and then finally. Yeah. Hmm. I liked it. Yeah. So take Dread. But yeah, I think, here's I the think you're right. Take like, Dread, Dread, take Godzilla, yeah. and then write a Saitama movie. There you go. So it's funny in this uh, in this second season. I'm not sure if y'all seen it. They um, they explore his boredom and stuff a little bit more, and and like how he's like, man, he's like, I don't even. He's like, why do I want to do this? And so he he toys around with that, and then a bigger threat comes to to play, and then it'll lead into season three because they leave it on the cliffhanger. But yeah, that's a that's a really good concept. So then my question to y'all is going to be, what anime would you do a live action of? And who would you cast? That's not the question at all. I thought you were. What do you think of Cowboy Bebop? Keanu Reeves. Yeah, easy. Mm. That's that second. Can can I vote for that one? You can. (laughs) Uh, No, I thought your your question was is who do you cast as Saitama? Like I thought that was going to be your immediate follow up question. Also, Keanu Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) Just shave his head. He's good. Well, see that that was going to be something that that I was going to note was like. If you whitewash it again, then basically setting yourself up for failure. Like you have to legitimately go in and get the right actors, the right ethnicity. You have to get uh, Asian folks. Jackie Lee. <laughs> yeah, Jackie Lee okay. would be a good one. Brian, do you concur? Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves as Spike Spiegel. Idris Elba yeah. as Jet Black. Jet Black. I would pick a corgi as I. <laughs> <laughs> um, who would I pick to be Faye? Alexandra Daddario, but that's because that's just who I'd because always pick Alexander, to play yeah, a busty yeah, that's who I, waif. Every every, but no, I think she'd be fine. Yeah, I think she would do good. Um, um, and then who to pay, who to play Vicious though? Well, more so Ed. Who would play Ed? Uh, just a child actor. I don't, ooh ooh, I, the I, Jojo I, Rabbit. Ooh, that's a boy. That's fine. That's fine. Play Jojo Rabbit. I mean, because you don't know. Yeah. I, I, well, no, no. It, it's, it is it's revealed. Girl. She's a girl. girl. Um, I would pick. I would pick Rachel McAdams to play Julia. Faye Valentine. Oh, Julia. Nice. I like because she's kind of like at this point she's like kind of like she can play the plain girl pretty well. Huh. I think she'd be fine. Okay. And then who? But who's vicious? Paul Bettany. Mm, no. Too obvious. I would say you want to pick someone. Hmm. Paul Bettany's not a bad choice. Who do you who do you want to see? Kill Keanu Reeves. Other than no one. Go with me here. Go with me here a little bit. Um, why don't we do Bandersnatch Cumbershmont? Benedict Cumberbatch. I yeah, I could I could see that. Because I, 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 he's not, I mean, he's not voiced, he's not voiced as British in anything mm-hmm. ever, but I think he'd be super dope if he had like a British well okay. kind of flair to him. I'd right? rather him have the, the kind of neutral accent that Henry Cavill had in The Witcher, where it's just, it's like a dead voice. Yeah. Um, okay. I can dig, I can dig on that, but... But Henry Cavill doesn't work. No, 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 not not, awesome. not Henry Cavill. He doesn't work. Not Henry Cavill, yeah. but but have have Henry or er, Bernard Schnuckelblump 
Clay yeah. Vicious. Oh, that would be good. And have him. And, have and he him, voices it as Smog. And yeah, and have him and have him do the the white hair too. Mm-hmm. Because he he fits the profile. The tall, lanky, and zero affect at all. Just completely mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. And so that's, but that's even a lot. That's even a lot to fit into one, like the the arc, the story arc. And I think why Cowboy Bebop does so well, or it was so good to me, is that that arc is is one season, the twenty six episodes. Um, there's a lot in there. I mean, there's a lot of like backstory. There's a lot of stuff that goes on, and you just kind of develop and, and move along with the characters. Now, not to say that you couldn't do this as a TV show, like a Netflix series or something like that. It's just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know on that one. That that's one of those ones like they they made a movie of the Dark Tower, and I still haven't watched it because I heard it was god awful, and I won't. Do well, it. and so what? What I think what let let's say you had you were given. 120 minutes to do a Cowboy Bebop live action movie, you would do two things. You would not cram everything. You would not cram 13 hours into two. But what you would do is you would, again, you do that slice of life thing. Mm -hmm. And then you'd occasionally interject memories or flashbacks of the stuff that teases kind of the bigger world. And so... You know, you you could do something as simple as Spike sitting at a bar waiting for the next contract to come, and he looks to his right, and the eye that only sees the past remembers in in black and white the time that he met Vicious and Julia at that bar, or right the conversation they had, and and that can even be almost the way that they they bookend the movie or they bookend scenes where. Or, again, it could just be something they use throughout, which is that, that even though Spike is living this kind of crazy moment-to-moment life, he's constantly haunted by his past. And they never explain it. They never give you finality to it. It's just something that he starts the movie being haunted by, and then he ends it being haunted by. So that that's how I would, that's how I would use those characters, but also still get to that, that essential aspect, which is what we all care about the the adventure the romp the the careless excitement of it let's see this is on looper so take it what you will from november 20th of 2019 cowboy bebop live action netflix series release date cast and plot in november 2018 netflix will be handling the physical production of the live action cowboy bebop described as a 10 episode miniseries so huh but filming began in early about early October 2019 to be halted a couple of weeks later due to an onset injury. They have John Cho as Spike Spiegel. Oh, he's not even there. Live action, 10 episode miniseries from Netflix for Cowboy Bebop is already in the making and was filming in October of 2019, but then stopped because there was an injury onset. So John Cho is Spike Spiegel. And Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black. Daniela Pineda as Faye Valentine. I can dig it. Alex Hassel as Vicious. Elena Satine as Julia. I'm looking all these people up right now. Mm. And, yeah. Hey, and I got Ayn as a Corgi. But I don't see Ed. So yeah, that's uh that's our choice for other um anime to be made into live action. That would be super cool. But aside from that, which that's definitely my number one choice, right? Um, I would like to see Outlaw Star. Um, because we've been on the Star Wars kick today and it's definitely it's almost like a much higher production quality and um, okay. more action-packed okay. uh, Firefly is what it kind of reminds me of. And I mean, like, even even more, it, like, it's even more to the extent, like, because Cowboy Bebop to that extent is like Firefly. Like, it's this ragtag crew kind of traveling the cosmos, like picking up jobs and doing stuff 
Outlaw Star is more or just as much like that but with spaceships that go real fast and do cool shit but then there's like magic and so that's kind of cool so Irvin who's your casting go ahead Irvin, who, are you, who what's your live action anime you want to see, and who do you cast? Um, dang, that's a that's a good question. That yeah, that was the exact question mm-hmm. you asked. Mm-hmm. That's why I said it's a good question, bitch. <laughs> I I think it would be see what you did there, bitch. Yeah, I think it would be really cool to uh, to see Sword Art online because it's uh. It's kind of like Ready Player One in a sense. I don't. I can get behind that, or like a dot, like Sword Eye Line or Dot Hexon. Yeah, either yeah. one. So, and then they've done that. They've done that recent stint of uh, the Jumanjis where they get trapped in the video games and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, and so all you do is just voice it over, and then and then you're good to go. Well, I mean, or not, or just play them out live action, like holy shit i'm in the video game and it's like they're all dressed up in like the characters mm-hmm. and they have the armor and everything like that and then they get to make the obligatory joke about oh i didn't know that it would smell so bad and shit like yeah. that yep so i think I, I i enjoyed ready player one um and so i thought sword art online could be something easily that could people could relate to especially if you throw in all the nostalgia easter eggs um that uh, kind of like ready player one did so that would be my guess. I would love to see Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, but that's just too big of an undertaking. I don't think that'll. The only way it'll happen is if Marvel somehow ends up buying out uh, the rights to Dragon Ball, and then and or they get the Russo brothers to uh, to like direct and like lead and like they're gonna do a whole you know nine movie series. Like that's the only way that I think. Yeah, you could do that any justice. Thoughts? No, I I can dig on like a Sword Art Online, which I think is probably more popular now than like Dot Hack and Dot Hack Sign and all that kind of stuff. All those spinoffs. Yeah. It's just it's a it's dangerous territory. I mean, it's two completely different ways of storytelling to try and mash up and everything. And and it's like they very rarely do, you know, books make good movies or can make good movies. Um video games rarely do. And that's you know, I mean that's that's something that 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 should be a topic from going forward is Anyway, I think we've talked about I think we've touched on it. Video games. Yeah into movies but like what you know good and bad and then and then so video games into movies and then anime into movies and and i think that like you have you know you have the dragon ball fiasco like that's just that's like the benchmark and it was god awful i mean just nothing like the like the source material but some elements can be done no it wasn't it was I don't I don't know who fucking greenlit that like no idea who greenlit it whoever they are they should never work in media again period ever yep that was I mean it was bad I don't know I mean your awesome looked pretty cute didn't it it was bad 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 like, bad bad not even like some redeeming everything bad to it, like just all around bad but i mean so they did what did they do they did ghost in the shell here recently and i can't say much good about it either and 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 i think that was kind of something you brought up Irvin, was the you know you have the whitewash aspect and you have to watch out for that now especially because all the the backlash and i mean <laughs> i don't know if anybody's seen the the college humor stuff about like Scarlett Johansson wanting to play everything but what she should yeah, play. Yeah. It's actually a pretty funny skit. I don't know if it's college humor, but it's it's whatever the skit is. I think it, I think it's college humor, but it's it's one of those comedy troops and they it's uh 
Scarlett Johansson's agent sitting on the phone, and it's like, hey, ScarJo, what are you doing? She's like, hey, I have a new role that I want to play. He's like, oh, awesome. You know, what are you thinking? He's like, I want to do the story of Harriet Tubman. Oh, so you want to play, like, one of the, you know, one of the people, like, to tell the story? No, I want to play Harriet Tubman. No. No, I want to play Malcolm X. I'm Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) I'm Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Well, boom. What do you think, boys? Is that a is that a wrap for for this episode? I think it is. Irvin, why don't you send us out for the night? I think so. All right, Trey J, you have a wonderful night. Brian, have a slightly less better night than Trey, because I want Trey to be have a better night than you. And I want all of our fans that listened in and chimed in with us to go to our social media and hit the follow on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star like. Find us on nerd.nostalgia in, on Instagram, Nerd Nostalgia Podcast on Facebook and YouTube, Nerd Nostalgia on TikTok. We're on TikTok now, too. Uh, but that's it. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. I need another drink. I'm out. Well, you heard Trey's drink clank and Brian's yawn, so you know it's time for us to head on out. Thanks again for joining us. We'll catch you on the next episode. And remember, stay nerdy, my friends.